Hey, hey, everybody. If you're listening to this, you are listening to the first free hour of this episode of The Shift with Doug McKinty. If you like what you're hearing, please consider subscribing to the show in order to access the full feature-length versions of the podcast, as well as have access to the members' forum, where we discuss potential topics and interviews and dive deep into the overall concept of The Shift. For only six bucks a month, not only do you get the full-length episodes, but also an opportunity to co-create with me, your host, Doug McKinty, the future of the show. Go to www.theshiftnow.com or patreon.com backslash the shift and sign up today in order to help make the shift possible. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Good morning, noon, or night, wherever and whenever you are listening, you are listening to The Shift. I'm your host. My name is Doug McKenty. This episode was recorded on April 15th, 2022. In it, I will be discussing the use of graphene oxide in pursuit of a transhumanist agenda with returning guest Captain Wardrobe. The Captain's July 2021 article, Graphene and the Coming Robotnik Quantum Brain, is perhaps the best compilation of information concerning the use of the controversial substance to be found on the internet. Though it sounds like the stuff of science fiction, graphene oxide has been thoroughly studied for well over a decade for its electromagnetic conductive and transmissive capabilities at the nanoscale. When injected into the body, this substance appears to have the ability to create simulated neural networks capable of both transmitting and receiving information from an outside source. This ability makes graphene oxide the perfect vehicle for what is being called the Internet of Bio-Nano Things. This aspect of the World Wide Web will not only have the capability of collating the personal health information of millions and even billions of people, but could potentially impart mood-altering transmissions and even thoughts inside an individual's mind. Recent research by Dr. Robert Young, as well as a team at La Quinta Columna in Spain, suggests graphene oxide may have been used as an adjuvant inside the injections prepared for a recent large inoculation campaign. If true, a process may already be underway with the potential to meld the human organism with a centralized artificial intelligence capable of controlling all individuals connected to the network. This conversation will reveal a decades-long campaign, financed largely through the military-industrial complex, designed to develop the technologies required to accomplish just such a task. During the post-World War II era, transhumanism has replaced eugenics as the preferred mechanism through which human perfection can become attainable. This philosophy, which seeks to meld humanity with machines, may actually present itself as the path to immortality sought after by aristocrats for time immemorial. Is it possible that influential members of the upper classes have sought to develop a technology that can not only control the masses, but simultaneously provide the ability for the wealthy few to upload consciousness into machines that can live forever? Is graphene oxide the substance that can make these fantastical dreams come true? Stay tuned to this conversation, which will provide evidence to suggest that the technology is being developed that could do just that. For those of you listening, a link to the article is posted in the show notes if you want to follow along with the conversation. For more from the archives of Captain Wardrobe, go to www.declarepeace.uk backslash captain. 
As always, if you like what you're hearing, please like, subscribe, and share this interview across your social media networks. We rely on listeners like you for the distribution of this alternative content. Find out more about The Shift, discover hours of free content, sign up for the newsletter, or subscribe for feature-length versions of each episode at www.theshiftnow.com. You can also find me at Doug McKenty on Facebook and at McKenty on Twitter. I want to thank Captain Wardrobe for agreeing to this interview, and thank you for helping to make The Shift. Hey everybody, welcome to this, the 117th episode of The Shift. I'm your host, Doug McKenty. I am joined today once again by Captain Wardrobe. He just put out uh, an article last week about graphene oxide. It's probably the most detailed, uh, in-depth expose of what this technology is all about that I've seen. So I wanted to have him on this week uh, to really kind of take a deep dive. The whole, if you're not familiar, uh, the whole... The whole story about graphene oxide is they put it into the the uh, the coronavirus vaccines. I think maybe even some other vaccines. I've heard potentially the flu vaccines uh, as the quote unquote adjuvant. Um, but this is actually a substance that's been derived from the military industrial complex, and it has a lot of very uh, interesting connections to uh, really the transhumanism. And uh, kind of turning the human body uh, into a into a cyborg, um, growing these graphene oxide essentially neural nets inside the body, uh, with the potential of connecting us all uh, through Wi-Fi uh, to the internet and plug us into the cloud and maybe make us permanent members of the uh, of the metaverse. I mean, we're not really sure exactly what they're trying to do, but there's a lot of evidence that uh, that uh, they've been doing this kind of research and that the substance is in fact in a lot of the vaccines. So uh, thanks uh, El Capitan for coming on the show. Hello, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me back on, Doug. Um, yeah, um, I put together this article. It wasn't last week. It was, uh, well, I started putting it together in July last year, 2021, mm. uh, with the help of uh, 13th Monkey, who had a little blog going down in Australia. She's been put, uh, researching as well this, I think, on her own. When I got in touch with her, she just said, I've got loads of links. Let's uh, work together on it. So the page is basically by both of us, 13th Monkey and me, uh, Paul at Space Station Earth, or Captain Wardrobe, which is my... Uh, I suppose it's my stage name, my, my music name, really. But uh, you know, do the music and stuff. But uh, yeah, it it, uh, it was on the back of seeing all of the stuff that Karen Madej was doing with Stu Peters mm-hmm. and other people as well. The, you got the guys down in South America putting out stuff, and I was intrigued by it because it looked like clickbait. You know, straight away, it's kind of like, well, this is radical. Anything that's right out there is is interesting. It's all on the top of Rumble. It's all on the top of these these alternative uh, media sites. And right. you know, like Dark Winter was Dark Winter suddenly became a meme that was just everywhere. You had four four hundred thousand videos say Dark Winter. Winter. we're all doomed so you, you see these things said stuff in the vaccine and you think okay this could be truth to it let's have a look and have a little deep dive and see what's going on yeah and so what we'll try to do is just get behind the the headlines get behind the um well what they're saying and it's trying to see if there's any truth in it really i mean there was convincing uh, evidence from what had been taken on from microscopes the electron microscopes as well um uh interesting images of of bodies in in the uh, in the um, in the vaccine itself, uh, you know, strange little critters, square things and crystalline structures and hair-like structures. Right. And, uh, 
very interesting stuff. So, so yeah, we did a bit of a deep dive and, and had a look, you know. Yeah. The parasites that they say that they found uh, in these vaccines too, that was far out. That was another, and this is, um, I think this can be a part of our conversation actually, because some of these ideas, like you say, they come out on the internet, they're all over the place and they sound so crazy. Um, we were just discussing this, uh, this most recent uh, Stu Peter uh, watch the water thing with Dr. Brian Artis about the potential snake venom connection with the spike protein. <laughs> and that one is another one. These things come out, they're very popular. They sound very far out. Um, and then uh, you've got to actually be very careful about this kind of stuff. You've got to do your own deep yeah. research. You've got to really try to source the the, the material and, and then come to your own conclusions about what's going on because some of it sounds so crazy. Um, this graphene oxide story, uh, like I was telling you before the show, I first heard about it. And I think this sounds insane, can't be true. And so what I typically will do is go to um, the peer-reviewed research and just see what kind of peer-reviewed papers, what, what are the scientists actually working on here? And lo and behold, I find dozens of articles, uh, peer-reviewed articles about graphene oxide, about doing exactly all of this stuff, creating neural nets and injecting it into people's bodies. <laughs> it was just yeah. like, no way, how can this be true? Um, but it is. And, and I also, um, just here at the beginning of the, of the interview, uh, I can let people know that I did do an interview with Dr. Carrie Madej on behind the line. It's on my website at the shiftnow.com. If you, um, look under my, my interviews, uh, behind the line was the name of that show. And actually a, a later behind the line episode I did with this guy, uh, Dr. Robert Young, who's one of uh, one of the people that have done the research and he published the research finding not only graphene oxide, um, but also parasites in the vaccine. And so that was interesting. And, and just to, to finish up the parasites that Dr. Madej found, uh, I looked that up too. And lo and behold, this parasite is actually called, they've been studying it in Japan. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but they were studying it in Japan. It's called the, the immortality parasite. And, and they have actually been studying, uh, how to use this thing to create like longer lives. And, and, uh, again, ties it all back into the whole transhumanist movement. So these things sound crazy on the surface. And then when you really do the deep dive, sometimes you find that like, lo and behold, this is the stuff that they've been working on, the military industrial complex. You know, they, they've been spending their billions of dollars studying exactly this kind of stuff. And so now potentially they're implementing it, the, the dual yeah. use technology, they're implementing it in, uh, on the civilian population. It's just, uh, it's nuts. But anyway, maybe we can get into the kind of the meat of, uh, of the article and start uh, showing some of the evidence that this graphene oxide really is in the vaccines and some of the potential use uses for it that the uh, maybe the military industrial complex sees somehow as being beneficial for the population. Shall I share that screen, mate? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's go. There we go. Okay, is that looking okay for you over there, sir? Yeah, looks perfect. Brilliant. Okay, so I put together this little uh, page. Uh, I've been doing this now for some time, uh, since 9-11, uh, really. Put together pages of um, 
picking out news, picking out media, picking out science stories, and then running with it and seeing where it takes me. And obviously, uh, the beginning of this was the whole graphene oxide in vaccines. And obviously, vaccines have been on the tip of everybody's tongue, if not everybody's needles, for, for since COVID began. Yeah. The whole reason for COVID was for me was to uh, behaviorally, uh, I don't know, what would you say? Uh, I, I think they were. Uh, gradually getting people used to the idea of constant health monitoring and sure. fear. So, I mean, uh, so the, when, when this story came out, I was, I think everybody was a little um, worried and a little bit kind of like, you know, I hope that's not true and it can't be true. And obviously your suspension of disbelief has to come into certain parts, uh, certain parts of it. Um, I started from really as a researcher, I like to look at what graphene is. So I basically started off with what graphene and why it's useful. So it's useful properties. I you look in here; it can come in many forms. Uh, it's very thin. That's one of its uh, its major uh, qualities. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it, but it's been used as a. It's it's highly. Um, what's the word? <laughs> you, you can. It, it's. Uh, oh God, I've, I've, my my words are losing me. But. Uh, right. What is going to be used as a conductor? Really, it's it's an excellent conductive material. And it's super thin, and so it can be made to be very small as well, can get to nano sizes. Yeah. But what I started was with the first story about here is from future batteries. <laughs> so the research team at Surrey Advanced University have given an insight into how this technology, which is from graphene, uh, it, can, it can be used to place into uh, uh, devices to power them. Okay. So it's very interesting. I obviously use an, a, a little uh, analogy here with, uh, with the Matrix future batteries. Right. So basically, we're going to be wearing devices, wearables, or even stuff that's implanted, and and it's going well, to be powered by these tiny things. Mm -hmm. Do you think the graphene oxide that gets inside of our system may actually be able to, to self-power itself, or it can self-power? It it can it can generate its own power by your your physical movement. Yes, I, th I think that's what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's going to be useful for surveillance as well, and we'll get into that. So, so what I did was I looked at what it was, graphene oxide, because graphene oxide is the thing that's being detected apparently in the vaccines. In, well, I shouldn't say vaccines. I'm going to stop using the word. I'm going to say mRNA synthetic biology, which yeah. is what it really is. Right. Hey, Paul, uh, did you hear about, uh, just as an aside, since you mentioned that the graphene oxide is very thin, the, uh, the doctor that I believe it was in Germany who was killed just days after he came out and said that uh, these thin sheets of graphene oxide on an on a atomic level really uh, are yeah. getting into people's bloodstreams and they act like razor blades. And that's really the reason for the blood clotting and a lot of the heart problems that we're seeing. Um, I'm not so sure about that. Um, mm. I think, I don't know whether Malone's agreed with this either. I think I read something recently with Robert Malone's uh, poo-pooing it as well, that the fact that it, could, it, that it would be able to tear apart things, and I'm not sure, because what's happened with the vaccine is it's getting into the liver, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, and it's sort of like, you know, what's happening with the spike protein is it's, it's producing itself and ending up in places like the liver and pan pancreas, apparently, and that's where the damage is coming from. Right. Um, now, whether that part of that damage is being caused by graphene, I'm not quite sure. I, I have to have a. It's been actually. I haven't. I have to confess here. I haven't looked at this page for some time. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna learn just as you learn. I'm gonna okay. relearn as we as we as we go down. So basically, I just wanted to give people a, a look into where graphene oxide comes from, and basically, it's if you look at the history and the scientific process of actually getting graphene oxide, it comes from from graphite, which is mined. 
And uh, one of the interesting things about graphite is that it's it, the the, uh, the the reserves in the world are some very interesting places. Um, you've got the biggest uh, holder of graphite reserves in the world being Turkey. Now, they're a major political player at the moment, aren't they? But the second two are China and Brazil. So that's very interesting, isn't it? Both BRICS nations. Right. So you've got a NATO nation at the top and you've got two BRICS nations following. Uh, and then you've got, and you've also got Tanzania and Tanzania are very proud of their graphite reserves because they know that powering the fourth industrial revolution is going to mean lots of reserves that can mean lots of money and lots of uh, little things that they can get for goodies and, and infrastructure rebuilding and so forth so they're going to be uh, expect things to happen in places like tanzania it already has we've had a change of government because of the previous uh, incumbent uh, the leader was uh, died mysteriously because he didn't agree with the covid agenda that's right yeah and then they replaced him with a lady who completely agrees with the covid agenda so was i'm that- wondering whether she's going to completely agree with mining the hell out of the country for graphite and possibly destroying its uh, its natural beauty i should imagine they will sorry doug was i was just going to say i think that was the guy that tested the uh the yes. the coconuts or the mangoes coconuts and, and mangoes. they went they went COVID. positive for covid and then he was like <laughs> wait a minute i'm not sure that these tests are really working and then like a few months later yeah he ended up <laughs> uh, there was a regime just... change <laughs> You'd love to be in on that meeting, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. You know, hey, what do you think of these tests, these PCR tests? Well, look, it says here on the fucking packet they're not to be used <laughs> outside clinical fucking use. So well, why are we going to give these PCR tests to anyone? They're not supposed to be used out of, like, clinical uh, environments, right? right? It says so on the packet, right? Uh, no, I know what. Let's just test it on a mango. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant government. You know, they're probably all drinking Dakari, you know, just like, yeah, fuck it. Test it on know, right. Oh fuck! It's positive. Stay away from the mango. <laughs> yeah, fuck it, man. It's Mango's gonna kill banned. us. It's gonna mango kill us. Banned. They didn't ban mango though, man. <laughs> so yeah, the graphite, right. anyway. So, <laughs> so it's moving swiftly along. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yes, that's the science behind it. We don't really need to go into that. I just want to show you what I've been doing. You see that the Alpha African Belt and Road which is the Chinese initiative to uh, basically connect up all of the different regions through the belly button of Africa there. Um, that's an infrastructure project that's going to kind of give everybody a, 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 a fourth industrial boost. This is all fourth industrial boosting. It's sure. all about uh, updating infrastructure, first worlding, third world countries, apparently, although they're not called that now, are they? But, you know, this is the idea of first worlding people, you know. The, the, the geopolitics of it come from globalization and it's it's globalization rebranded. But it's well, China doing it and also Europe as well with the gate, Gateway Initiative, which is coming through now. They announced it last year and China have been doing this for 10 years. And it's right. like, yeah, you, you've just thought of this over Europe. But obviously, it is about those block wars. It's about the multilateral block wars between NATO and the NATO countries, the WASP countries, and China-Russia alliance and Eurasia alliance with BRICS. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because we've heard this conflict kind of in the scene uh, over the last month since the Ukraine invasion about whether China and uh, and Russia and the BRIC nations are, are sort of like the liberators from the World Economic yeah. uh, Forum uh, Great Reset Oppression. Um, but we see all this evidence that uh, it's more like uh, fighting over the the WEF scraps here. The Russia and China, the BRIC nations, just want to make sure they get their their piece of the uh, of the Great Reset pie in a multipolar yeah. world, instead of letting you know the Europeans and the U.S. steal it all like they've been doing for the last 
50 years or, or more European you know, I mean, colonization. The World Economic Forum isn't called the world for peace and prosperity and beautiful children having a wonderful time of being educated to love each other for them. It's called right. the World Economic Forum. And, 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 and just because it's got world in the title doesn't mean to say it's going to be a world government. It actually means we're setting the playing field for a massive uh, Game of Thrones or Hunter uh, Games kind of scenario, which is like everybody's got a fight. And if you say the right things at the right time, you'll get it. It's, it's like if you involve world corruption, just the corruption of everyone, and they're all fighting. And on, on, sometimes they're on the same playbook and they do the same things. If you do the right things, they get more funding. We're having it here in North Cyprus at the moment. Like, you know, we, could, we, we want a gas pipeline. And Victoria Newlands just came in and said, no, it's too costly and too, it's going to take too long and it's going to cost too much money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as far as I'm aware, America aren't involved in this pipeline. It's an Israeli initiative. What the fuck has she got to do with it? Anyway, right. sorry, somehow, sorry to swear, somehow she sorry. seems to be uh, everywhere yeah. <laughs> these days. It seems that foreign policy actually is going into sort of stopping people getting oil pipelines, not starting them and not helping people get access to energy in a, in a, in a cheap immediate way it has to be pipeline for millions of miles you know if you've got one on right. your doorstep sort that you can't the localization of, of infrastructure has gone out the window it's just it's tender out for battle as usual as we saw in early versions of the public-private partnership it's just tendered and yep. it's run by quangos so the world economic forum could be called the biggest quango in the world really because <laughs> that's what it is it's a quango you know run by stakeholders so with yep. this, I mean, what I like to do, exactly, you've got geopolitical concerns with the mining of this stuff. It's obviously going to be uh, the most, one of the most important, important mineral resources for building the fourth industrial revolution. Um, it needs to be mined and processed exactly like coal. And if you can see from this flow chart, uh, it is incredibly uh, expensive to do so. It's a massive process. It's mm. going to cost a lot of money to get this stuff out the ground. In fact, I'd say it's very similar to uh, the, the shale uh retrieval it's it's got cleaning it's pumping it's uh you know it's it's very very nasty dirty stuff right so it, so well, how that fits into the uh, green initiative and climate change i really don't know well that's just it we've got the same problem with the lithium and the batteries and this whole green revolution yeah. it's just like they're tearing up the environment um and clearly they have all of these plans um for this resource extraction that's just devastating on the one hand, and then on the other hand, they're telling us all that, you know, we have to be a part of this green energy initiative and we have to cut down on the energy use and we've got to make all these lifestyle changes that they claim that they they believe in. But uh, clearly, um, you know, these extraction techniques that they're using are devastating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> child labor, uh, you're looking at right. uh, scarring of the planet in, in a really, really, I mean, the, the whole uh, essence of getting graphene and the, there's other resources. Um, lith lithium is is, is, in is interesting one um, because you've got lithium deposits that are basically they, they, the way they they get it is it, it's on salt flats. So it, it's uh, Elon Musk wanted to go into Venezuela, I think it was, because they had these sort of salt flats. There's a big one near Silicon Valley, and there's another one in Israel. They, they're huge, like. Um, salt flats that, that you, you can get this resource from uh -huh. so it needs to be it needs certain conditions so uh i'm thinking that certain conditions sort of resemble a, a planet you know another <laughs> planet you know an exoplanet uh they're not very livable 
Right. So, you know, in, in order to get more, they might make certain areas less livable. <laughs> you know, so, Paul, I just, uh, just looking at this page here to get back uh, specifically to the graphene oxide, I've been having these thoughts about the nanotechnology just in general, like this, you know, yeah. we should have a conversation about what is nanotechnology and how scary it is that. I mean, the idea that these guys are working on these tiny robots uh, that they can put under your skin, put into your body, but even They've floating or floating around. Well, yeah, they do. And they do, they have yeah. them. People don't really realize like we could be breathing in nanobots right now. Uh, maybe we are, we could be drinking them, you know, in our Cokes and our sodas. Um, and some people say that we are, and it's like, yeah. that, that's why it's so frightening. Cause you can't see it and we have no idea what they're doing. Um, you know, I actually wrote a, an essay, a few weeks ago, the root of the problem about how uh, it's these classified technologies that are really, you know, first of all, they control the patents um, and then they classify all the technology that they claim is for national defense or state security, which is whatever they decide and who decides mm -hmm. that. So who decides, you know, what human technological advancement is going to look like? It's these guys in back rooms somewhere making these uh, you know, national security decisions and these patent yeah. decisions. And so like, my question is why is humankind working on nanotechnology at all? Uh, do, do we really need it? And as far as I'm concerned, it's uh, it's a pretty frightening concept to have these micro robots, you know, all well, over it, the environment. It's definitely, I mean, what we're looking at is the linking between the idea of nanotechnology and CRISPR based gene editing so that molecular uh, structures can be built and eventually we could, I mean, they're, they're close. I mean, uh, you, you've got uh, certain scientists saying that it's not going to be long before we can actually start uh, biological, just creating life itself. Um, so, right. yeah, the building blocks of life. Nanotechnology goes into the idea of molecular building structures. And two of the uh, biggest proponents, of it, the, the originators of, of such systems and ideas are Dr. Uh, Richard Feynman and Eric Drexler. So here's a little link here. You can look on the page and you can have a look at some of them. That will give you a little bit of background to it. Uh -huh. The next step is, is uh, really in knowing how potentially this graphene oxide in the vaccines works is now having knowledge about bioelectromagnetism as well. So I found in some links here about uh, uh, the basics of what that is. Um, well, that if I can interject in here just for another second, the other thing that came to my mind about all of this research is that this is all clearly transhumanist. I mean, it's exactly what you're saying that they're, they're melding or, organisms with machines on on a yeah. nano level using this substance this graphene oxide yeah. and you know why are they doing that well they want to they want to be able to craft a cyborg life basically that's yeah. all interconnected wirelessly interconnected into the internet plugged into the cloud plugged into the starlink satellite system um and it sounds crazy but you know we're all literally all of our governments you know the around the world um, are spending hundreds of millions of dollars developing this transhumanist technology. My, my question is for who and how do they control it? I mean, but I mean, we always talk about DARPA uh, in the United States, which is where a lot mm. of this comes from, but it's deep military tech being funded by, you know, these, these um, military industrial complex corporations that we don't get to know what they're doing, why they're doing it, but it all seems to be clearly uh, directed towards this this transhumanism. Yeah, but there's another aspect as well with the transhumans. Transhumanism be, or beyond being human 
Um, yes, there's that, uh, there's that one, but we've just been talking about resources. So imagine if you could actually, uh, um, at a molecular level, just make the resources you need. And at a molecular level, change the way things work so that it uses something that's easy to produce. Right. So you're looking at something like, well, well why, does, why do we need oil? It's combustible. So let's make something else that's combustible and so that we don't need oil. So it's, it's plentiful. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. you know, there's a guy who invented a car that run off water, right? <laughs> this is down to that. He discovered that the molecular properties and they could be changed. Now, they're getting this, this, of course, all of this, none of this is, is being used for human, humanity's benefit, really. It's being used to control. It's being used in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. There's no saying that, like, it's the same old argument, technology is great, uh, but if it's put in the wrong hands and used in, in, in really uh, evil ways, then it obviously gets scary. And obviously, right. the, the, this notion that there's stuff in the vaccine and stuff in the water and that, it's, it's an emotive thing because people don't really like to think about that, you know. Um, they don't like to think about it, and, but they like reading about things like this, but they don't like thinking about pollution, which is essentially what that is. <laughs> it's pollution. Yeah. And uh, right. so we're looking at like either a promulgated pollution, a, pr- a, promotion, a, a pollution that's acceptable or to, uh, against a pollution that isn't acceptable. And so what this is what they do. They they de- define their versions of, of pollution that are useful to them as science, and they redefine pollution that isn't useful to them as dangerous as poison. And they create both, and they and, and then you've got your cure and your disease mechanism for controlling via big pharma, etc. Sure. So uh, it does. It runs from the idea of pollution, really, and what is pollution, what is health, and what is dangerous, and what isn't. Now. I would say that sort of uh, developing this stuff on, on, a, on a biological level, we're going back to Prince Charles, our uh, yeah mad royal in charge of of, uh, of seemingly everyone, um, and climate change especially, seems to think that the world was going to get taken over by a grey goo if we weren't careful. Do you remember the grey goo? Right. right. He seems to have changed his tune a little bit now. He seems to have gone on board with the whole thing and, uh, you know, he's there at the... Uh, at COP26 and he's, he's there at the WEF and he's there supporting these initiatives as long as they're climate friendly, you see. So, you know, so at some point, these two can't marry. You can't, you know, worry about the climate and then start like, uh, you know, molecularly storing data, you know, because this is where they want to go with it. They want to actually use uh, data storage on a molecular level. We're talking about the sea, the air, and that, of course, is us. You know, right. we're, we're not, we're, how much percentage of us is water? Well, yeah, well, I mean, they've been... The crazy thing about it is, is with the idea of molecular data storage, we will become our own store. We'll basically be storing zillions of pictures of cats. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I was... <laughs> right. I was dinner. Or from I the metaverse, you know. Just doing some research on DNA, and they and they have, in fact, just recently started to be able to store data on DNA yeah. strands. And this is this is right. exactly where this is going, uh, where they can learn how to use our DNA to store data and to extract yeah. data off of our DNA, and then with this graphene oxide neural net potentially uh, wirelessly connected into the larger system, so that everybody has access to your DNA data. Yeah, well, if you think about how a computer system works, one, it needs memory, one, it needs uh, RAM storage, and the other one, it needs a hard drive. So our brain's the hard drive, you know, our DNA is the storage, you know. Right. So we're an operating system. They're turning us into operating systems. And the vaccine is the most obvious, well, vaccine, the synthetic biology uh, <laughs> is the most obvious case of Gates' operating system scam, you know, that's available, really. I mean, you know, he just sells the virus, sells the virus, you know, antivirus software. This is the same thing. 
and everyone, there are lots of people are noticing that, which is really good because it is a scam. It's a cyclical economic um, scam. Yeah. Um, so keep people scared. They want the cure. It is cure. wild. It's actually so wild that you can take this uh, what what uh, what Bill Gates did with Microsoft to create that monopoly, and then you know look at this kind of this graphene oxide internal you know human system and be like, yeah. wow, this looks you know there's a correlation here. <laughs> yeah, it's just insane. Yeah, I mean, it we're really getting, is. now we're, we're getting to the nutty part of the page where I just uh, this this video uh, I, I got off of Reddit. I don't know where the originator is, um, but it, it purportedly shows someone actually on a computer terminal hacking into the Sputnik mRNA database, hmm. and he finds that uh, it is real time tracking people. Right, I remember through, this. Through I what's this. in their vaccines? Right now, uh, it's an interesting one. Um, do you want to look? I don't think we'll look at it because what happens is it just gets a lot. Lots of these things come up. There's a, there was a guy, there was a video of a guy on a plane actually doing this, uh, looking at um, Wi-Fi signals. And uh, as people were getting on, the Wi-Fi signal was in, uh, w w was bringing up people's... <laughs> right, their own their bodies. And, yeah. And they, you know, so it's like, well, where are these signals coming from? Obviously, they've been vaccinated with something that's doing that. But uh, whether, I mean, it's very easy to fake this sort of stuff, but it opens the mind and, to the possibility. I know. So, it's yeah, so, it's, you know, it's actually through, interesting because I remember that guy from Russia and the source, and it certainly looked like he was, you know, digging up. Uh, yeah, I think he yeah. looked up a friend of his and he could find, you know, that the, this database was completely tracking this, his vaccinated yeah. friend. And then it's like, well, you know, I can't really verify this source, but wh where does this come from? Like, who would put something like that out just as a yeah. joke? Or, you know, I mean, yeah. it's almost like, and, and then, God, it gets so deep. Like, is it intelligence agencies that are planting misinformation on the internet? I think we get, you know, I remember the so people much of it. falling over in China uh, yeah. from COVID walking down the street. And obviously that never manifested into anything real. So who was putting out that fake information? I mean, it's just so difficult to tell. But nonetheless, I mean, I think you do take all this information and then, and then uh, you know, try to get some kind of big picture uh, understanding some of the sources are better than others. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, that, that was this interesting. This is the beginning of it. Yeah, this is the beginning of when, I mean, sort of last year when, when, when it was all coming out. And uh, we have Dr. Uh, Richard Delgado and Dr. Luis uh, de Sevillano uh -huh. um, and their team. And I watched everything they put out. Actually, I'm still on there from Orwell City. And uh, also I was in touch with uh, Francis Leader, who is very good. Uh, how you're going to get hold of her, I don't know, because she has been completely taken off the uh, internet by the looks of it. She was on wow. Discord for a while. No YouTube, no nothing, but her site may be still up. So put in your search engine. Let's just have a look. Uh, it's Hive Blog. Hmm. I'm going to just bring that up and show you Francis Lee's page. Come on. It's Is it still there? That's my page there. And uh, there we go. Graphene Oxide, what is the story? Okay. Videos. And, and Francis goes on. Francis is one of the people that wrote to uh, the MRHA uh, to tell, ask them essentially uh, where their initial COVID-19 sample came from. Mm. And they had to write back and tell, the, tell her that they got it off of a database that was being put around. So no one could isolate. COVID-19, right. 
it was uh, basically a database. It was a string of numbers uh, of genetic numbers. Everything that were basically released. Yeah. In in silico, no no actual within the computer they they created a model of the virus uh, and no actual isolation. Yeah. Now we've got she's got a video in here, an introduction to molecular nanotechnology. That's very good to watch. I mean, all of these links are excellent to keep up on. I've got an excellent video that I'm going to uh, give you a link to as well, which actually shows uh, what's in the vaccines actually at work and how they've designed them. Mm -hmm. uh, it's by um, a Dr. Lovely. <laughs> what a name, Lovely. Anyway. Nice. We'll go through. So you can see there's plenty of stuff. Um, let's can we just bung a bunch of links on? I'll, I'll collect the links anyway, and the this page, and then people can look for themselves. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, I'll, absolutely, I'll post uh, to this. I'll post to this uh, in the show notes for sure. Yeah, great. So I mean, that paper came out, and the video, and that, and then what happened was uh, Whitney Webb, uh, because she can, she's uh, fluent in Spanish, actually refuted uh, some of the uh, what the paper said. Uh, and she did it quite well. I think uh, she went through it and uh, just said well, it didn't make sense. So, uh, but I'm not right. sure if there's been any response. Um, so it's always good to look at these things with an open mind. Have a look at people who who doubt it, and, and also read and, and make your own mind up. So I've, the links in there as well to Whitney's uh, uh, refusion. And I and I have on. that interview with Dr. Robert Young, who also I thought That's his fine. paper was better than the La Quinta Columna paper for the reasons that Whitney points out here in terms yeah. of finding graphene oxide um, in the vaccine. He uh, he did a really a good job of explaining it all. And uh, I thought his science was 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 pretty tight. So people can check that out as well. Yeah. Now we've got a couple of things here. With I, I, I did an immediate search on on whether nano nanoparticles and nano uh, devices could be done. We've got a couple here. Nano carriers used most in drug de delivery and drug release. Nano hydrogel. People familiar with what hydrogel is? I'll go into that later. Right. Uh, and lipid, obviously, lipid particles. So people talk about lipid particles. Lipid, lipid particles are being talked about here. Um, the methods of preparing lipid nanoparticles. So when you say nanoparticles, it's not nanotechnology. It's just it's just very very small particles. And these um, and these lipid nanoparticles, they have to surround the mRNA so that they can actually get it into the body. Uh, and those in and of themselves have been controversial because a lot of people point yeah. to their why people have the seizures. If you're allergic yeah. to what's in the the lipid nanoparticle. Um, that's why people will have seizures very shortly after the injection. So we go into nanomedicine here and why uh, it says the SARS-CoV-2 virus was causing devastating morbidity. Actually, the numbers are about the same as 2018, but don't worry about it. Right. Um, nanomedicine approaches have been high, had the high potential to enhance conventional diagnostics, drugs and vaccines. So, wow, they seem quite pleased with that. They seem quite pleased that a lot of people have died from the vaccine, uh, oh, from the disease. I shouldn't say they have died from the vaccine. But they seem quite pleased that that's opening up new markets for them. So that's nice. <laughs> yeah. for them. Um, I always like the way these things are worded. Woohoo! It's 9-11. Let's get fucking scanners and airports. Yeah. Let's take our shoes off. And this is the same deal. Right. Um, yeah, not, the, uh, what a great excuse. We have a huge pandemic happening. Now we have to... Uh, 
we have to apply all of this experimental mRNA and nanotech that we've been working on for the last 15 years in order to save us all from the pandemic. What a, what a convenient coincidence. Yeah, so what they talk about is putting nanochemicals in here. The biochemical features of these nanoscale particles allow them to directly interact with virions mm. and irreversibly disrupt, disrupt their structure. Okay, that's interesting, irreversibly disrupt. So what they try to do is they, they stick this nanoparticle in and uh, you'll see what it could be made of um, and then it, to just fuck up the virus, basically. It wants to get in there and mess with the virus and stop it. So what we find out is that they're actually programming these things to do that. They can program them to do a specific set of tools hmm. via mRNA. So they can program that lipid nanoparticle to do something, right? Uh, the virus neutralizing coats and surfaces impregnated with nanomaterials can enhance personal protective equipment that's been used. I mean, graphene's been used in hand uh, gloves. It's been used uh, with hand sanitizers, air filtration systems. Right. Uh, nano, so that's interesting well, that they'll... And, uh, and people yeah, were they'll, theorizing... They're funging lipid nanoparticles into your air filter. It's going in your lungs, by the way. Right. They were theorizing yeah. that they were in the masks, that people were finding those those bizarre black worms that, that were, you yep. know, if they got hot, if you if you breathed the breath, the hot air would, would like activate these things. And I mean, you could see people checking them out oh. under their microscopes and finding these things in the mass. Now, the interesting so. thing is, is that graphene oxide in there? Is that reacting? Is, is what's going on there? So, yeah. um, I don't think anybody ever even figured that out. I mean, that's it. You know, the science is so complicated at that point. Somebody's got to do that work. Yeah. Now, effective mRNA delivery with graphene oxide poly polyethylenamine for generation of footprint-free human-induced pluripotent stem cells. Now, if we right. know what stem cells are, right? Well, graphene is... hydrogel could help mRNA vaccine target cancer more effectively. So this is what they're doing. They're rolling out the big headlines saying, we're going to cure cancer, we're going to stop aging, we're going to do all this. Well, they're just basically putting tiny little things in your bodies. Right. And then <laughs> things that uh, go into your bodies, like air filtration systems and uh, safety equipment and so forth. So uh, in order to, I mean, you'll have to have a good old read of these. So here we go. This is yeah. 2008. Well, let, now, me just, is let me just interject real quick, Paul, and, and, and say that uh, that's what fascinates me the most about this. I mean, we have all this um, circumstantial evidence, like the guy in Russia who's tracking his friends who've been vaccinated, and we don't know about that. But... With graphene oxide, you can clearly uh, look up the peer-reviewed um, science. Mm. We know that they're working on these things because there's plenty of peer, there's mountains of peer-reviewed science uh, that's been done uh, over the last, you know, 10 or 15 years or longer on how to make this happen. So how to use uh, graphene oxide in these nanotech applications. So, you know, if you're skeptical about certain circumstantial evidence, then then I would urge any listener to, uh, to just Google the peer-reviewed science. I, I think that Absolutely. makes it quite obvious that um, at least they've been working towards all of this. So it makes it plausible uh, that now they're you find, uh, utilizing you won't find a tech. lot of stuff. You won't find a lot of stuff like out in the open. You'll have to do what, what I do is I find keywords. I find keywords that aren't very common. 
Right. So, like, you know, I look for bra- blood-brain barrier. Right, okay, let's look for lipid nanoparticles. Yeah, okay. But then let's look at what a certain scientific word. So a little bit longer and suddenly you get more niche and you'll get less results, but they'll probably be bang on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're talking about the blood-brain barrier here. Now, this is really important because what's been going on with some of the vaccine-related injuries and the clotting and some of the uh, the, the brain-based diseases and neurodiseases that are coming and that we're seeing. Uh, it, Malone was talking about this, and so was McCulloch, Dr. Peter McCulloch, talking about the uh, spike protein and actually crossing the blood-brain barrier. Now, the reason right. why this is important is, and you can see here, uh, from several perspectives, the brain is a challenging organ for drug delivery. First, the incidence of degenerative diseases, Alzheimer's, etc., right, in the brain will increase with the aging population. Secondly, the blood-brain barrier is well known as the best gatekeeper in the body towards exogenous substances. So it's really, really uh, the blood-brain barrier was designed to stop shit getting in there. Right. The in- this the is, a, this is a problem for these guys. Uh, how are they supposed oh, to yeah. control our brains if they can't get through the blood-brain barrier? Except at the top of your nose behind there, there is a flap, which just so happens the testing swabs were going. Right. But we'll, we'll get on to that because the right. blood-brain barrier is very interesting. Um, you know, I, I was actually, I saw a tweet this morning from a, a nurse who had been damaged by those initial tests. And then you have to, again, you have to wonder why in that first six month period, when the PCR testing was so heavy, were they jamming the thing all the way up your nose to the blood brain barrier? And now that's just right. That they don't have to do that anymore. They just stopped doing that after a while. And there was never an explanation for that. So what the heck was going on? I mean, that's, it's just one of those inconsistencies that's got to make you go, Hmm, (laughs) what were they doing? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a sort of, I, I never got a test. I've never been vaccinated and I've never taken a test. I won't have it. I think it's yeah. invasive and wrong. And, and this whole idea of like, you know, getting holding people down and shoving this thing. I mean, I've, I've had stories from people who have actually been bleeding. I mean, yeah. surely that's not right. You know what I mean? Oh, it's this, just not right. Yeah, this lady was destroyed. I mean, she was like half paralyzed now. She has been since she did the test because they shoved it in too far. And it just, yeah. why were they doing that? I mean, now you can take these rapid tests, do a five second swab of your nose anywhere throw it in the test and it's fine, but they were shoving it all the way back into your brain, you know, very cattle. Like it's very, the way they treat cattle. And I, 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 and having come from the foot and mouth disease and seen all the psyops around that, I can't help, but, but, but think that a lot of this is theater designed to make people feel like cattle so that they actually go with the herd easier because the more that I think they more, they dehumanize people, the more people think there's an emergency situation going on and it's got to be done. It scares them. That feeling of being treated like cattle scares them into obeying. It's a bit like if there's a fire at one end of a, an airplane and you've got to get off, and suddenly there's martial law. Well, of course there is. Right? So they get it. They get it straight away. And I think this has been like, you know, this is what's been going on, this, yeah. this whole idea of, of, of the, the action serving the purpose of, of, of it to behaviourally control these people. The, the reaction, the lockstep reaction, is definitely to get us used to uh, increased emergencies. It's right. just a, a vicious cycle that goes round well, and round. And all of this kind of invasive, you know, we can we can do with your body whatever we want. Oh, it's yeah. a state of emergency. You're scared and we can shove whatever, wherever we want now. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know, don't worry. I was going to say about that snake story you were talking about with the in the water. Mm-hmm. Are you quite sure that they didn't just take water supplies from the White House? Yeah. 
<laughs> Outside every parliament <laughs> building. Let's take, let's take the water and just test it. You know, we'll get them. Yeah. It's full of snake venom. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. That's just Pelosi's toilet. Yeah. Oh, man. What oh, got my claws out? <laughs> anyway, a lot of this stuff, I, don't, I mean, it's, there's really no need to go through the whole of the page, but the logic between where I'm going, you can see it. I want to talk about nanotechnology and, and bioelectronics and the magnetism and graphene oxide as it uh, is used um, in, in medicine, in the delivery of medicine. So the use of nanotechnology in medicine and more specifically drug delivery is set to spread rapidly. For decades, pharmaceutical scientists have been uh, using nanoparticles to reduce toxicity to, uh, and side effects for drugs. Isn't that great? Right. So they use nanoparticles to get rid of the side effects of the shit they've already made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The stuff that's that they're already killing you with. That's basically what I just read. It sounded very complicated, but basically they're using this shit to get rid of the shit that shouldn't be there in the first place. Yeah. Okay. The type of hazards that are introduced by using nanoparticles for drug delivery are beyond that posed by conventional hazards. So the conventional hazards that they're trying to get rid of, this is worse, right, imposed by chemicals and, de and delivery matrices. However, so far, the scientific paradigm for the possible adverse reactivity of nanoparticles is lacking, and we have little understanding of the basics of the inter interaction of nanoparticles within living cells, organs, and organisms. Yeah, that's fairly recent. So they're just doing it anyway. It's yeah. an experiment. You're well, you know, experiment. yeah. How are they going to find out unless they dose everybody and see what happens? And so here we come with a, this is quite important because right, if they are actually using graphene oxide in drug delivery as part of the mRNA uh, synthetic biology, this report says basically. Uh, it, you end up if you have graphene oxide in you, biodegradation can take part can take place, and across the blood brain barrier this can degrade the blood brain barrier now well why would you want to do that why would you want to degrade the blood brain barrier can you think of any reasons mm. where you make it easier to control the brain wouldn't you yeah right so anyway we'll skip on because there's nothing really there about uh no no it'll have to be read by by the viewers here you can give that a read um let's have a look I'm just going to go through this. So, so forgive me, everyone, if I seem a little bit scatty about this. Well, you know, people who are listening definitely should um, take a read of all of this for itself, for themselves. But, um, you know, clearly what you're describing is a, um, a lot of information about graphene oxide that these guys have been working on for a long time. Uh, connected to this whole uh, nanotechnology revolution that's happening now. So, yeah. um, you know, clearly there's something to it. It's not just yeah. a con conspiracy theory. It's a well-known and well-discussed uh, agent for delivery. And it's it's like almost like the thing that they, that they need to make this all happen. Right. Um, the introduction of graphene oxide in PPE equipment, masks, COVID tests, COVID vaccines, which if you think about all the masks, um, just dumped everywhere. That's going to be good, isn't it? There's another little problem they can solve in the future. Right. You know? There you go. It just—it's the gift that keeps on giving. Though. <laughs> you know, it just—they it, love this. Uh, graphene oxide poisoning causes the same symptoms as COVID nineteen. Mm, well, Lung damage, convenient. blood clotting, loss of taste and smell, and may explain why some people have received the COVID vax report magnetism to metallic objects as well at the site of the, of the object. So we've had those videos where people yeah. are sticking to their arms and stuff. 
How believable is it? We don't know. Obviously, this was all part of the. If it is a psyop, it's it's uh, it's hilarious. Like they're obviously messing with our minds. But if it isn't, then it's obviously very worrying. Yeah, I mean, it seemed that seemed to me like a lot of anecdotal evidence uh, by just a lot uh, of individuals that had gotten vaccinated. They were like, "What the heck is going on?" <laughs> and so it's pretty strange. Like, shouldn't we be looking into that? Why can you know? Why does your why does a spoon stick to your vaccination site? That's uh, curious. Well, Maybe the CDC should check that out. Look into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why, why are people turning into mild versions of Magneto? You know, it's just right. like, it's just like, you know, it's very strange. Uh, so, yeah, there's stuff, there's stuff here that's like, um, it's all here. Just read through it if you can. Right. So, this, it was also, graphene is, it, oxide is, is the wonder substance. It's being promoted as this, as this great thing that everybody yeah. can use, despite the fact that it, it biodegrades, it, it, it leads to biodegradation. So, uh, they're, they're pushing on with this. Like, it's just like the side effects to the mRNA clot shots. They're not, not important. As long as we've got the technology in people, we can start experimenting even more and pushing it on and pushing it you on. You know, that's what's interesting. If we think about the, like, if the larger agenda is to sort of create this cyborg nation, this transhumanist yeah. cyborg nation, um, this graphene oxide has all of these applications, but it is, you know, it's, it's slightly, slightly toxic. Uh, and it almost feels like, you know, they're having to implement it into the population in, in this way where it's very confusing, where you won't be able to tell, uh, you know, how toxic this, this substance is. They know that it's slightly toxic, but they're putting it into these vaccines anyway. Uh, and then when people get sick, it looks like, well, oh, you have COVID-19. Um, well, the big excuse is to, they want to stimulate the immune system. Well, yeah. after you've had a clot shot, what immune system? Well, so, you, yeah. you know what? So they've been saying that about these uh, adjuvants forever. They're injecting, I mean, pr previous to graphene oxide, they were using uh, aluminum and before that mercury. Yeah. These are like the two most toxic Primarosol. substances in, yep. in the in the uh, on the uh, periodic table. And they're like, well, no, we'll just give you a yeah. little bit, you know, because. Oh, yeah. Uh, we need it to excite the immune system. And that's what they're saying about this graphene oxide as well. Uh, yes, of course, thimerosal was the big one, wasn't it? Thimerosal. Exactly. That had the mercury in it. Yeah. That's right. And, uh, and so we've got to wonder what they're actually doing. Well, I think this gives it away. I mean, if you think about, there's, if you look up, just do a little search on One Health, you'll get it. This is the idea of a global health initiative that's going to basically want to track and trace everybody. This is how digital IDs come in. This is how vaccine passports come in. They're all linked. One Health. So let me just read this out. Numerous graphene-based sensors used for human health monitoring have been reported, including wearable sensors, as well as implantable devices, which can realize the real-time measurement of body temperature, heart rate, pulse, oxygenation, respiration rate, blood pressure, blood glucose, electrocardiogram signal, and electromyogram signal, and electroencelographic uh, signals as well. So that's EEG, heart rate, the lot. This is like basically what they want to do is be able to, through your smartphone or implanted, or mm -hmm. as we get more augmented into the future, we're going to start talk, talking about wearable glasses that Facebook and Google and stuff are working on at the moment. Which gonna, that's going to morph into actual uh, physical on your wrist, uh, just basically tap it and it will give you a health reading. That's right. where they want to go. That's, it's the One Health initiative. You've got to stay healthy all the time. Obviously, your yeah. health falls down. You can't, you can't access the game today. The, you know, the, whatever. You know, that's where it's going, right? The Internet of Bio Nano Things. I mean, there's actually this term.
that's which right. is it's when you think about it, like that's crazy. They're creating, they're building this internet, internet of bio yeah. nano things, and it's based on wearables, but it's also based on implantables using graphene that's oxide. Right. That means inside your body, these neural networks that are just wirelessly right. transferring your health information uh, and that on, onto the, the internet of bio nano. To what we're talking about, that is why that we are worried about the graphene oxide being in the vaccines. Because that is going to put that in effect. That is going to make that a possibility that yeah. we will have an internet of bio and things. We are will be a, a, a basically an antenna, uh, a two way read write antenna uh, that will be able to update us or do, or make us feel ill. So you know, imagine uh, a behavioural, um, let's say. Uh, a paradigm where you don't if you don't do the right thing you don't feel very well right well oh that's, you've got that, a disease you obviously didn't behave what the government said you know it's like oh right okay yeah that's that's nice that is important to think about i mean it's not it's not just a one way where your information is getting is uh is getting um transmitted out but it's two ways so they're actually can feed you and we know that they have all of these uh, wireless technologies that can influence your mood, that That's can right. influence your emotions, and even uh, implant uh, words. They, you know, the the uh, what do they call it? Voice to skull technology. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it sounds so crazy, but this well, is what they're doing in these classified. Yeah they, yeah, they tried it out, and Wired wrote a report on brain to skull. Uh, the guy was standing in a queue in a supermarket, and he just got he heard a voice in his head. They can target individuals. Yeah. They did that ages ago. I mean, the yeah. range on it wasn't very big. It wasn't big range on it, but I think they've probably uh, improved on that over the years. Well, I mean, and that um, could even be the reason for this graphene oxide. Once you have this conductor inside yes. your body, then they, they have a stronger connection. Right. They have a larger range for all this kind of tech that, yeah, that they've been you know, implementing for, for decades now anyway. I mean, it's just a... It's just another level of progress. Sometimes, you know, I think people have this feeling that like, oh, the Great Reset, it's this big change. Um, but really, they're just like upgrading their their methodologies of control with the new technologies that they've been working on. Right. But it's this kind of stuff. I mean, like my last interview with Joe Atwill, we're going back to, to uh, how potentially Christian mythology was used as a, a psychological operation against... Uh, you know, the people that were going to rebel against the Roman Empire back in the day. So, right. you know. Well, because... Joe, Joe, Joe isn't the Messiah. He's just a very naughty boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. You probably I have to say, much, much admire his research. Very good indeed. So we go on to here. Graph, Graphene flagship is an interesting site for anybody wanting to check out the latest developments in this. Um, we're talking about a biocompatible implant here based on graphene safely measures predicts brain states. So it predicts brain states. Let's just think about that. That's future crime. Um, right, pre-crime. Yeah, right. it's so all you're looking connected. At study, yeah, it totally is. Um, it goes through who studied it. You can read that there. The consortium showed that graphene-based sensors grant access to an elusive low-frequency region of brain activity. Current methods to detect brain waves use metallic electrodes. So graphene just does exactly the same thing. Exactly like you said, it's the uh, adjudicant that uh, is basically uh, conducting signals. It can detect. Yeah. Um, so built on a, like a graphene flagship, uh, flagship, scientists built an array of transistors that record and transmit activity information when implanted into the brain. 
The sensor has small channels on the surface. When they make contact with brain tissue, the electrical signals within the brain cause small changes in conductivity. These changes produce a signal and then uh, recorded. So they record the brain activity as a fingerprint. Hmm. So there you have your DNA, uh, your basic brain fingerprinting uh, come to fruition now. They were talking about brain fingerprinting a long time ago. And actually, we're going to use it as part of the war on terror. But it went to court in Australia and was thrown out recently as well because it can't be trusted. Um, brain fingerprinting technology was using electromagnetic frequencies to look at, look at your brain, how it's working uh, in real time, uh, at, at which is, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, your brain, uh, when you get a, a brain scan, uh, it's, it's real-time brain scanning. Right. Basically, um, research that I uncovered uh, by Dr. Thomas Sobjack uh, that was done many years ago talks about uh, a specific frequency called the P300 frequency. Now, using the P300 frequency uh, enables the brain. You can make the brain look like it's, it's lying, basically. So if you're, if you're scanning an, uh, and, uh, a load of people coming in through an airport and your brain fingerprinting them in order to find out their mental state, uh, you can actually, by the very screen that they're watching, Thomas Subject actually went into this, uh, the manipulation of, of, of this P300 brain uh, technology uh, signal using screens, using refresh rates on screens. So you're looking at the screen, and the screen basically wants to tell you, tell the, the person operating it that you're a terrorist. There you go. Press the button. You're a terrorist. Okay. Yeah. Done. Because your brain says so, but they've made it happen. So that was actually uh, this P300 was, was brought up in this Australian court decision recently to not use brain fingerprinting because it was deeply flawed. And that was last year. But the uh, Thomas Subject was writing this in 1995. Um, and I was looking at it to 2006. Hmm. Uh, so it's, this is how far it's come. So it's really come on now. So they were talking about similar things here um, of being able to, you know, basically use uh, graphene oxide uh, nano, nanotechnology. Uh, this is floating around in us. It's get, if it crosses the blood-brain barrier, which it wants to, and they're, they're finding ways to do that, obviously. mRNA vaccine could be one of them. This could be what the experiment's really all about. Uh, so we've got to, we've got to sort of like wake up a little bit here and sort of like watch watch those people you know around you folks and watch their moods, watch how, what's happening to them and whether they're you know how they're acting and what's going on. Because I've heard a lot of stories of people getting brain fog, um, not being able to concentrate properly. Um, the car accidents here, road traffic accidents, have quadrupled hmm. uh, mm -hmm. over the last year. Here, it's, it's I, I think people are, are having trouble concentrating on what they're supposed to be doing. And the majority are vaccinated, I would surmise. Uh, there's other stuff here. The humans of the future, we're going into transhumanism now. And uh, 13th Monkeys over in Australia helped me with this stuff. She, uh, she's brilliant. She's got a good nose on her. She's got a good snout. She likes to get stuck in. And she just sent me tons of interesting stuff. Uh, soothing the symptoms of anxiety with graphene oxide. Mm. Right? So, yeah, this is the wonder material. They just want to get it into everything. Um, in brain. <laughs> what a great title. Hey, what should we call the company? Should we call it flowers? No, yeah. no, no, no. Let's call it in brain. Yeah. Inbred, more like, I think, is, uh, is, uh, is the people right. running this. <laughs> Almost as good as Neuralink, right? I mean, yeah. they're, not, they're yeah. not really hiding it. 
One day, there's just going to be exactly like Mr. Robot, the evil corporation. It's yeah. just going to be cool. <laughs> Let's make it's it simple, guys. Evil yeah. corporation. <laughs> well, what they, uh, Gilead Sciences, right? That's named after yeah. the, the Handmaid's Tale, yes. the, like the evil dystopia. <laughs> and the hand is like, oh, okay, thanks, guys, Woo! You know, for just clarifying that for me. You know, the makers of Remdesivir. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Oh, man. In-brain neuroelectronics is bringing complete technological transformation to the treatment of neurological diseases. So, Alzheimer's, caused by primarosolin vaccines, etc. Right. They create the problem. They create the problem. They have the solution. Yeah. And it is. Uh, I know. They never talk about detoxing the heavy metals from the vaccines to help to prevent Alzheimer's. They just say, well, let's try. Why don't we try graphene oxide? Maybe this will help clear things up for you after we've already dosed you with all these other heavy metals that toxic, you know, toxic substances that cause a problem in the first place. Well, this is the point, isn't it? This is so like, you know, if they've got this technology right and they can get to a molecular level, surely they can find out what causes cancer in in, in tobacco. Yeah. And they can find out what. (laughs) You know, what causes and fatty acids and how our body, surely we can start looking at the solutions via the problems rather than like making more solutions because of the problems they made in the first place. But you see, this whole economy of the global economy is basically based around solutions from problems already made. And those problems open up more markets. So the more markets you have, the more problems you can solve and the more money you'll get and the more money generation. So it's about generating wealth and as a, a kind of conduit it's it's almost like electronics yeah. if you look at uh, the the great uh, leaked paper silent weapons for quiet wars that goes into it very detail in great detail about the idea of an economy being just like an electronic circuit yeah so it has to flow and, we and that create more flow. that was decades ago that yeah, that, 70s, that was written 21. Yeah, yeah, early seventies. So, so yeah. these plans are are fifty years old. I mean, they you know longer than that. I mean, this was science fiction in the nineteen twenties and thirties. By the nineteen sixties and seventies, the military was already working on this. And then, you know, in the last 15, 20 years, we've been seeing all of this kind of graphene oxide, the next level um, of of this whole grand concept of, of super control, controlling our, our, our very ability to make uh, choices for ourselves. It's amazing. Yeah, well, this, this is coming into sort of restoring the lives of Alzheimer's and other, um, uh, brain uh, disease, uh, sufferers by actually implanting with something that can give them a mini dose. So basically this is a, dr- a drug delivery system that, that lives in you and is timed. It's very much like Bill Gates's timed response for, um, a, con- a contraception that he brought out. Yeah, he had a. You can tell it, it lives inside you. It sits in the gut and it releases medicine. Right. So just it's a, time, it's a timed response idea. Um, this is uh, driven by artificial intelligence. The implant can learn from the brain of each specific patient. Okay, uh, and trigger adaptive responses to deliver personalized neurological therapy. Right. So that's what we're looking at. We're looking at these implants going to be monitoring and managing us from the inside. So if this is this links directly to the notion of full spectrum dominance, the idea that outer space will be controlled and managed and inner space will be controlled and managed. These are the doctrines of this isn't just America, by the way. This isn't just NATO and America and the West and the PNAC and full spectrum dominance. This is a a scientific idea that is the idea of, of, of management 
of um, previously uncontrollable realms in a kind of colonization idea. It's right. neo-colonization, really. Yep. It really is. That's exactly neo- how I see it. It's, I, you know, we, we, we get taught this history where it's like colonization was this thing that happened, you know, a hundred years ago. And, and then Gandhi rose up and, and uh, then it was all over. The British had to leave India and now we don't do that anymore. And it's like, well, <laughs> except yeah. we still have this massive corporate system that you guys use to harvest the empire you know, a hundred years ago, and now you're still using it to harvest the empire. And and now what you're harvesting is, uh, you know, the information from our very brains. I mean, it's just outrageous. And, uh, and then using it exactly as you say, as a, as just an extended tool of colonization. I mean, um, you know, this is a way uh, methodology of control just to be able to control the masses so that, uh, you know, the slaves can't revolt. The slaves don't even yeah. know that they're slaves. I mean, we don't. We already are in that situation, I think, where most people don't realize that this is a slave system. But once this is implemented, we won't even be allowed to have those thoughts at all. Well, this is where this is going. I mean, you know, we're looking at, uh, I mean, you mentioned Gandhi. I think my favorite quote of his is when he was asked, uh, what do you think of civilization? And right. he said, I think it would be a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean. Because exactly. I'm not seeing any evidence that that's to the contrary at the moment. You know, this doesn't look like civilization to me. This looks like some sort of, uh, you know, it is just the most dystopian nonsense and badly thought out idea. You've got to remember as well, I mean, when you go through all of this stuff, you tend to fry your brain a little bit and it can send you a little bit cuckoo. And I do like yeah. to remember when I was in San Diego and wandering around La Jolla. Um, and there was a there's a um, conference hall there, and, and me and the exhibitors were wandering around, and we, we happened to just wander into this hall. But it said Nano Symposium, and it, this is back in 1999, and the Nano Symposium. I thought, well, this is interesting. What's what it's about? And it was about nanotechnology, but the the PR surrounding it was exactly the same as the place we went to the week before uh, it, to get offered a timeshare. Right. Because we were on this holiday and we had to do these timeshare things and it was all horrible. We had to sit with this guy in a suit and he's selling us this bullshit. And, you know, one of these lines was, you're only limited by your imagination. Oh, yeah. And this is to buy like a timeshare, you know. And if you if you did the meeting, then you could go to Waterworld and then you could go to Universal. It was kind of one of those deals. It was sure. horrible. Great holiday, but it really marred it. But, but actually, I mean, obviously... Looking back on it, you get to see all this weird. America's just the place of PR. It's just so PR. And it's yeah. exactly the same with these, with this whole industry that's being born out of this fourth industrial revolution thinking. It is just all super glossy PR. And it does it do what it says on the tin? How many mm-hmm. people will die? How are they going to experiment on it? This is exactly what MRI um, synthetic biology is. It's just not doing what it says on the tin, or it is doing it what it says on the tin. If it if it was supposed to stop people and like manage their immune system so that they could, you know, fight disease properly, well, it, it's patently failed. So so why aren't they stopping it? Yeah. <laughs> why are they giving people booster after booster? It's sort of like right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't. I don't even like think Coke. Then is it? It's a bit like selling people Pepsi. <laughs> Just have more of it. Just just drink more of it. Yeah, it'll be all good. You are listening to this. You are listening to the first free hour of The Shift with Doug McKinty. For access to the full feature-length versions of the podcast, go to www.theshiftnow.com and subscribe for the audio version for just $6 a month. 
Access the full-length episodes in video form through rockfin.com by subscribing at the Shift with Doug McKenty landing page. For $9.99 a month, you gain access not only to the Shift, but also all other premium content material hosted on the platform. Find out more at www.theshiftnow.com backslash store. Detoxify your body, decolonize your mind, make the shift. Oh, look, there we are. Go figure. I mean, it's just amazing that the whole thing uh, is generated out of the military industrial complex. Almost yeah. all of it, it seems to come out of DARPA, actually. So, and so who decides the the projects that DARPA is working on, like what, you know, because that person is deciding our future, I guess. I mean, <laughs> well, you've got the Regina Dugan link as well, which is Microsoft uh, head of like, you know, uh, new a new technology coming from DARPA. And now she's at Lumina, which is uh, genetics, you know, yeah. um, straight through, you know, Lumina are massively linked with all of this, by the way, I've got, I've got uh, another, another page, which is all about the genetics industry, the massive boom, um, which uh, yeah, goes into the different companies and where they come from and why. Um, and they seem to be joining up now again. It's almost like a seven sisters. They were separated and then they come back together again. Um, yeah, th- th- there's a certain amount of synergy going on now with them all. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, well, that's, yeah. that's a good takeaway, isn't it, that DARPA are involved and, uh, you know, who'd have thought it? Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's technical. Uh, we're no longer limited by the size of our chemical library which is really important, you know. We're the chemical library. That's what it is, you see. They're building us into a database. And like when they say you're going to be on a database, no, 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 no. You're going to be the database. Yeah. And then when people say you're going to be the commodity, they're going to use humans as a commodity. The reason why they're going to use humans as a commodity isn't just for your behavior and and what they can glean from you as data. It's the data you hold. Right. (laughs) In your DNA and in your molecules. It's just incredible. You know, I, I sent this to Corey yeah, Morningstar. Really I think she just went, what the fuck? <laughs> WTF from Corey from this one. Yeah. I don't know what she wanted to do with that one. Uh, so anyway, yes. Uh, oh, this is incredible. Uh, the Moonshot a, a report uh, 21, 2021 from Japan goes full transhumanism. It doesn't hold anything back. Japan are notoriously futuristic. They're brilliant. They, they like their gadgets. I'm a massive gadget fan. But this this takes it just a little bit too far for me. Right? Yeah. Right. This is part 2.3 of their, of their uh, moonshot uh, paper, which you can freely download. It says, to participate in society, regardless of age, culture, physical ability, time and distance, it is important for people people to enhance their autonomous and interactive activities, to be able to supplement and complement balanced abilities and to adapt to changes in the social environment. To realise social participation, the constraints needed uh, to be considered are bodily ability, brain ability, space and time, going back to what I was talking about with CERN, and the development capability of supplementation and replenishment. To control the body and actions in a balanced manner, in response, in response to changes in age and social environment. Sounds great. Uh, right. For example, for example, a person who cannot move freely, such as an elderly person, can overcome this restriction if physically, if the physical inability is supplemented or replaced. Ah, cyborg. Yeah. Furthermore, if a person can augment their physical abilities, things that could not be done before can become achievable. 
In addition, if a person can use an avatar instead of their body to perform movements, they can share the same sense and actions with the avatar and can remotely perform physical work or share experiences. This will make travel costs obsolete. <laughs> most people, just, nice. just use the robot. They've been doing this. They've been using robot waitresses for the disabled. They've got disabled people in homes and they've been doing little jobs serving food and drinks to people in cafes via a robot. It's haptics. So the idea of haptics is being able to move something remotely. Yeah. So you're sitting in a – it's just – so this is what's going on. Um, <laughs> so basically, if you've ever seen the film Surrogates with um, – what's his name? Die Hard, Bruce Willis. In he, he sit, People are sitting all in I their rooms. Scared to, yeah, it's a great film. Surrogates. And they're sitting in their rooms and they have – avatar replacements doing all their work so they look exactly like them or they can make them look younger or older or whatever or beautiful and wear sexy clothes and all that but they're actually robots that they control while sitting in the house so they sit in a booth do this and and, and they're moving around it's basically like the metaverse in real life yeah it's crazy but this is what they're talking about you know they're talking about moving on into the fourth industrial revolution body a brain brain ability and space and time being uh, augmented and then we've got here uh, Canadian government's transhumanist agenda, which has all come out in lockstep. You've got Canada, you've got the UK and Germany putting out military papers talking about transhumanism and talking about biodigital convergence, which is basically uh, augmenting human performance. That goes back to papers that were put out by the Nanotechnology Institute and the, and the Singularity Institute, which was uh, converging human performance. I've got the original ones, so it's really interesting to look back and to see how much they've done and what they haven't done and where they want to go. Um, what else have we got here? So it's like more in technological change, this biodigital convergence may transform the way we understand ourselves. Uh-huh. And I think we're nearly at the end of that. Yeah. In fact, I think we are. That is the end of that page. So... Uh, thank you, everyone, for helping us scroll through one of my massive scrollathons. <laughs> I don't come to any conclusions, and I'll leave them up to you. But needless to say, we need to be uh, concerned for the ethics of what they're trying to roll out, the idea that we might lose our consciousness or have our consciousness tampered with on a genetic and neural level, and also that uh, a new sentence might grow up not just as artificial intelligence in data as in terms of big computers that have, can do a lot, but actually recreating what the brain can do on a machine uh, molecular level. Uh, so, yeah, we need to be sort of figuring that one out. Yeah, it's just, uh, um, I mean, it's outrageous. You know, we start with graphene oxide and graphene oxide is the substance that makes this all possible, but it's actually amazing that it leads to uh, essentially like a metaphysical conversation about what it means to be a human being. And these people are just ramrodding the um, metamorphosis of humanity into this machine consciousness without discussing it with us, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, you know? no, there's no consultation. There will be a consultation process, <laughs> the details of which will be held in the same room we put the other plans. It's just uh, five floors down from the basement, past the tiger, and, and then and, and it's in that little drawer. The plans exactly. are there. You should have known about them. I'm just <laughs> I'm just screen I'm just screen sharing this latest by Winter Oak, which is very very good. The Charles Charles the Great Resetter talking about how it was actually Prince Charles that actually set off the Great Reset. He launched it. Uh, oh wow! We've, yes, he he actually launched it. 
Uh, it says on his official website today through uh, her, her Royal Highness, I call him, Sustainable Markets Initiative and World Economic Forum, the Prince of Wales launched the new global initiative, the Great Reset. There you go. It was Prince Charles. Why are the royals getting involved in this? What's going on? The Fourth right. Industrial Revolution is an extension of royal patronage and colonialism that goes back hundreds of years, and nobody should be fooled into thinking any different. This is the same play band, playbook. It's a rinse and repeat of the yeah. 19th century, of the 17th century. They're trying to label it a new age of enlightenment. It is the same control. It is the same mechanism, and, and people are going to suffer because they suffered in the last ones. Yeah, I mean that's uh, actually something I've been writing a lot about on my uh, on my blog on the Populist Papers is just because I think that people have this feeling that uh, well we're all taught the the left right paradigm this feeling of historical dialectics where it's capitalism versus communism and everybody's mm-hmm. fighting each other about this and that and the way I see it is exactly what you just described. No, we've had this system of colonization. For really 2,000 years, the Romans conquered Europe and then the, the church and then the feudal system. And then, you know, it's just kept expanding outwards. But, um, you know, the corporate mechanisms that are used to create it today are the same as the, the mercantilists. Uh, organizations that were that were um, manufacturing, well, that were harvesting the empire of two, three hundred years ago. And now we're having this great reset. And it's yeah. the same the same guys at the head of the British Empire, yeah. you know, still calling the, same the shots. Elite, the, same, the same royal elite, the same banking yeah. elite. It's the just same the European same system. Heraldry. It's crazy. And, and you this, know why we only know about them is because they, they write history, because history is only written by the winners. Yeah. You know, there, are, there have been very, very peaceful people. The Aborigines are very, very peaceful. Name me a country they've invaded. Right. No, oh, they've been going a long time, guys. These are some of the earliest humans on the planet here, and they are amazing people. And uh, I'm sure there are many other cases. Graham Hancock likes to look into it, and people like that, about hidden histories and esoteric histories. Yeah. There, there are there is bound to be hidden histories of, I would say, large amounts of, of probably economic and uh, of prosperity that have thrived. Uh, but are not being written about that have been hidden because they yeah. don't want that. I think they that's want to exactly maintain right. This system they want to maintain this idea of predatory greed, the idea of that that the empires are to be bought and lives are be, to be lost over, and sacrifice and suffrage is the way to carry on. You know, quite how we're going to do that eating cockroaches and not owning anything. I'm not quite sure how they're going <laughs> to. Mind you, we won't know about it, will we? Because basically, we'll just be thinking in zeros yeah. and ones. <laughs> we'll be plugged into the to the quantum zero. computer by then. Yeah, <laughs> one zero one zero one zero, Doug. <laughs> nice to meet you too. Yeah, <laughs> data. You know, this is data. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that was a a, a great conversation. Actually, it almost kind of surprised me because the conclusion um, was so big. But that's what we're talking about. I mean, we can start with this with this graphene oxide and what is it doing and what are they using it for and why is it in the vaccines? And the next thing you know, we're on to this uh, really big picture concept about transhumanism and implementing uh, I- implementing this kind of cyborg consciousness, this this neural yeah. network, this internet of bio nano things. Um, and I mean, as difficult as it is to believe the evidence is all over the place. I mean, and we're not talking about wild circumstantial evidence. We're talking about decades worth of peer reviewed science that have clearly been focused on this end game. 
So, um, yeah, yeah. What a wild How do we ride. stop it? How do we stop it? How do we? St- I mean, right? the scary thing about it is, Doug, is that like you know, obviously the fear that comes with like not trusting your water, not trusting your food, not trusting molecular level is very, very. I think it's quite. We've got to be careful of it and try and live our lives and not be too, too worried about it. Really, I mean, to say that it's it is difficult, but like, uh, I mean, there's, there's operations like Nano Domestic Quell that was rumoured to be about in the Obama years, and uh, Snowden tweeted about it, and the guy that found out about it was his reputation was absolutely destroyed. It was made out to be a psyops. It was made out to be a oh, it's just fiction. But the story is is that it wasn't a clandestine program uh, to release nano material into common food and drinks like coca-cola through the food and major corporations yeah nestle uh, unilever um and and those nano uh, materials were going to be sleeper materials that could be activated at a politically expedient moment now i'm thinking you know bio war the d- disease i mean if you think about the ramifications of a, of a bio war happening immediately uh, and and that sleeper agent actually helping people and, and and sort of defending your population, that looks quite good, doesn't it? Hmm. But obviously, our governments don't think like that, do they? So yeah, the obvious and, thing and is however you, however you look at it, they can't be putting stuff in your body like that without your permission, right? I mean, that's where they're crossing the line. Well, I mean, mass dosing, man. You know, fluoride in Britain now has just been approved. Well, Unbelievable. Yeah, been fighting against it for years and years and years, Doug. Like Jane, uh, God rest her soul, from the National Pure Water Association. I used to co- uh, correspond with her fairly regularly back in the mid-2000s. And a uh, uh, nice lady, just constantly writing to MPs, constantly trying to make sure that they don't do this. Uh, her husband and her, she's very, very qualified. Um, you know, it, it's just ridiculous. And now they're running it through. They've done what New Labour failed to do. New Labour tried to get fluoridation in under Andy Burnham and I think uh, Hazel Blears were championing the idea of fluoridating water and sure. it just didn't fly. And and along with ID cards, it has to be said, it just didn't fly. They couldn't get it passed. The white papers came out. Everybody got really, really, they got behind not having it and they, they marched against it. Uh, it was all the time of post-Iraq. Uh, and, um, yeah, we won that little battle, but now it's just come through. Fluoridization, yeah. fantastic. Not Unfortunately, to, not to squeak, not to squeak from the British public. Everything's coming under COVID. These guys, Sorry, exactly. Man. Well, these guys, um, you know, they have long-term plans, and we have short-term memories, uh, especially yeah. the way the news cycle just moves and moves and moves. And so, <clears throat> you know, a lot of this stuff, they'll they'll try it once, they'll try it twice. Uh, it you know it doesn't quite work. They wait another ten years. They they do a little tweaking on their public relations and and uh, some of the social engineering, influencing some of the ideas, the zeitgeist of the time. Then they try it again, and yeah. if it doesn't work, they'll try it again until 30, 40 years down the line. You know, people. I mean, it's what's happening in the United States today with these COVID lockdowns. The COVID lockdowns could not have happened in nineteen eighty. Probably no in way. 1990, you know, the American oh. people would have been like, what are you talking about? That's completely insane. And somehow over time, you know, they've learned how to to soften people uh, into uh, allowing this kind of stuff to happen yeah. to them without standing up against it. They, um, yeah. you know, they it's just like don't they've been, people about it's making like they've been boundaries. boiling the frog. They've been boiling the frog. Exactly. Like that old exactly. thing. But then they've just taken the, fro- the, the frog out and chucked it on a barbecue. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. All of a sudden. That's right. The totalitarian tiptoe. I mean, 9-11 was a big change and it scared people into accepting the next increment and the next increment. And and they just keep these crises, never let a good crisis go to waste, right? They keep the crises happening and they just inch get you one one step closer to just giving up your your bodily autonomy to whatever Frankenstein experiment they've got, right? Try and keep hold of your sentience. Try and keep hold of your marbles. Uh, Don't lose your rag. (laughs) I love that expression. My dad said, don't lose your rag. I'm like, where'd you put your rag? Um, I'll tell you what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be looking into the uh, molecular properties of fluoride and seeing whether they can actually piggyback graphene into that fucker. Yeah, no doubt, right? God. You know? Yeah. Well. Yeah, you know. So we'll see. You yeah. Carry on if you want, mate. I don't mind. Are you in a rush or what are you doing? I think we ought to wrap it up, but it's, we've got probably at least two hours worth of conversation here. So I don't want to get too long, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do it again. Yeah, um, definitely. This definitely. was a good one. And I think it, it was, it was actually kind of surprised for just so, you know, for the background, this was a little bit impromptu. Um, yeah. And we decided to throw uh, an interview together here uh, and talk about go through this graphene oxide thing. And uh, it really is super important. And it it touches into a lot of these big picture concepts that we got to here at the end of this conversation. So I'm really glad we did it. But so you want to just you want to let people know uh, where they can find your stuff? Yes, you can find me at www.declarepeace.org.uk forward slash captain uh no murdering isn't it murdering but uh if yeah you'll find me put a link on the thingy yeah and i'll put a link in the show notes for sure (laughs) (laughs) and i'll put a link actually to the to the uh graphene oxide article for those of you who are listening you can check it out uh, and i'll have that link in the show notes too so you can see what we're talking about um there's some takeaways really there's a few takeaways yeah yeah. which is the idea of nanotechnology it's bio electrical magnetism bioelectric electromagnetics it's the wi-fi control uh 5g uh fourth industrial revolution and spintronics and d-wave computing look into d-wave computing and that will i haven't really uncovered a lot i've done a couple of other pages so if you go on my main um space uh, uh, station earth you'll see lots of different stories uh lots of different things i've done lots of different pages they're fairly self-explanatory um, and you'll see that basically what they're planning with this idea of a nanomolecular uh, in- invasion or control is to use us, one, as a data storage uh, device, but also to spy through us, not on us. So yeah, they'll be able yeah. to actually remotely look through us and sense what we sense. Oh, it's and unreal. I, there's, some, there's some people saying that might be happening. Uh, of course, targeted individuals yeah. feel like that. Yeah. Um, I, I do distinctly think there's a possibility that it's, it's come quite a way since targeted individuals started popping up in the 70s. You know, they um, say they say their tech is, what, 20, 30 years ahead of what they let us know about. And if yeah. we know about this, uh, who, you know, who knows what uh, what they've got in the deep classified operations in terms yeah. of the next level technology for all of this stuff? I mean, that's just... I don't know. Like I said, I wrote that article, the root of the problem, really talking about this. I think people need to come to understand that, like somehow we, the people need to get in charge of the technological advances of our, of humanity. Like we can't let the military industrial complex behind layers and layers of classified information 
decide the future of humanity for us. I mean, this is because what they're deciding, we don't even know who who freaking makes these decisions, who decides that, well, yeah, we're going to pour billions of dollars into graphene oxide and mRNA technology or nanotechnology at all. Like, like you know, these guys at DARPA. Yeah, it's a corporate military takeover. Yeah. And what's going on That's is right. what they're doing via a social contract is making sure that you get nice, glittery, shiny things that you like and press buttons on. But in reality, they're watching your every move, engaging you and operant conditioning you. Yeah. They're operant conditioning you. It's just basic fucking uh, operant conditioning. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you like the shiny things, you know. I mean, NFT markets in the metaverse is one of the most ridiculous things. It's just, <laughs> it's quantum reality. That is just virtual reality. It's not virtual. It's nonsensical. Yeah. I'm going to trade you a picture. I mean, there's there's people buying hats and trainers and things for their avatars at $300,000 on uh, Roblox. Yeah. These are kids. But how are they getting this? Like, what are they doing? 50 grand and shit. It's like they're, what they're doing is they've, they've got them designing apps in slave labor with no future, with just aspiration. You can make it. And they're putting them into teams with very, very predatory values. And the leaders of these teams are very predatory. Mm -hmm. And if that is happening now, what was going to happen when the metaverse really kicks in? It's going to be the same because it's it, it, only, only the greedy, only the really greedy and ruthless are going to be allowed to go to the top like it is now. They're not replacing. We need to replace this system before we even start talking about this technology, and they're not going to do it. This is the big question. This is the really the, the, the hit the nail on the head time. It's yeah. we need to sort out the way humanity works and stru is structured. We've got to stop this greed and predatory nature and kill or be killed and fight or flight. This whole idea, we need sentience. We need ourselves, and we need to address the ethical questions that are, these technologies bring up. And I can't see anybody doing it. I can't see anybody bringing up any ethical questions about the metaverse, for instance. Right. It's That's crazy. amazing. Yeah. It's crazy to expect people to strap themselves into the goggles and call that normal life. That's just not. Yeah. It's almost as crazy as telling people to wear masks and stay away from each other. It's the same thing. One mask for another, right? The social conditioning coming with wearing masks all the time is normality is going to morph into the social conditioning that wears you, makes you wear a virtual reality goggles to, to be in the metaverse or sure. augmented technology. It's it's just stepping on through it. You can see what they're doing. They're, they're just treating us like uh, zoo animals and just training us and operant conditioning us, giving us nice shiny things now and again. It's it's crazy. Well, I hear you. We'll we'll keep working on it. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's keep fighting the fight. Stay strong, everyone who's watching it. It, it, it. Thank you for watching. We don't we don't normally get a great deal, do we, mate? But uh, you know, it, we like to think that whoever watches gets what we're doing, and yeah. uh, that's the main thing: getting the message out. Right on. Well, yeah, um, man. Thanks for coming on. I'll let people know that uh, you can find out more about this show at www.theshiftnow.com. Uh, I've been writing on Substack under the Populist Papers, so you can sign up there or sign up for the newsletter at the website. Uh, I'm also at D McKenty on Twitter, Doug McKenty on Facebook, probably the two best places to check me out. Um, the videos you can find on Rockfin and Odyssey. So thanks, everybody, for checking this one out. I think it was a really good conversation about uh, where this technology is leading us and what will happen if we don't really start to recognize what's going on around us and, and maybe do something to make some kind of changes. So thanks, Paul, for the work that you did. Thanks for putting that article together. And, no worries, and man. Yeah, thanks for coming on and helping to explain it to us all.
Doug, do you want to um, tell them about the new project we're going to be sort of trying to work on? And sure. Get or do we announce it now? Do you want to? Do you want to sort of tell them what we've been banging our heads together and coming trying to think of a new thing we can do? Yeah. Well, because we had I... a really nice. Yeah. Sorry, mate. We, we had a really nice three-way conversation with Riley Wagerman, and we thought, well, that kind of format was working, and we and we really liked it. And um, I don't know. Tell them what's yeah, going on. Let's do it. I think it looks like we're going to call it uh, breaking the news. I like that name, and uh, it's going to be a roundtable discussion, hopefully once a week for maybe an hour or two, uh, with a with maybe maybe a couple different guests. We'll, we're just going to go with the flow, but try to have a few people on, a few different people on every week to talk about the news yeah. of the week. So, and I think that'll be important. I know, you know, you and I are always keeping on top of the news um, from a from outside the left right paradigm, as I like to say it, from from our own unique perspective, and and having other people uh to really have some kind of deep conversations where we agree where we disagree what our interpretations are uh about the 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 real current events the things that are happening um i think it's something that the whole scene will need so hope uh, people will enjoy watching yeah. it and uh you can find you'll be able to find that as well on the shiftnow.com or uh you know if you go to twitter we'll do a lot uh Paul and I are both on Twitter and uh, we'll do a lot of the promotion there. So you can check us out there as well, but yeah, yeah I'll be looking forward to that. That's going to be, it's going to be a fun project yeah. and I hope a lot of people like it. So, all right. Yeah, it should be good. Should be good. Shouldn't it? We'll get, we'll bang a few rocks together and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, listen, I've, we better wrap this up. Um, and uh, so we'll talk again. Hopefully our first episode actually will be next week. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Dude. Nice Take one, care. mate. Take care, dude. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and there you go. My second conversation with Captain Wardrobe. But happy to have him on. He actually sent me a link to that article uh, that I'll have down in the show notes about graphene oxide. And I, uh, I was pretty excited to see that he had done all the work of putting all this information in one place. Because there's a lot of stuff out there. People have been talking about graphene. Uh, graphene oxide, is it in the vaccines? Um, what are the potential possibilities of this substance in terms of, of uh, the transhumanist agenda? How is it getting rolled out? What's going on? Um, and, uh, and Captain Wardrobe just had it all collated and put together uh, in a pretty concise uh, fashion on his website. So I'll definitely have the link to that in the show notes below. Uh, and I urge you all to check it out because it really is fascinating. I mean, <laughs> it's... It's outrageous to me that we're even having conversations like these right now, right? I mean, this stuff sounds crazy when you start talking about it. And when I first heard about graphene oxide and the potential of, of making these neural nets inside of our bodies um, that can transmit and receive information um, and this kind of nanotechnology application in terms of building the uh, Internet of Bio Nano things, I thought... You know, this is this is one step over the line, right? This is crazy talk. There's no way this is full blown conspiracy theory. It's there's <laughs> no way this stuff can be true. Um, and then lo and behold, you start looking into it, and it's uh, absolutely amazing. I mean, you know, I typed into my search engine, uh, graphene oxide nanotechnology peer review, um, and all the peer-reviewed papers started popping up that just show that these guys have been working on exactly these kinds of outrageous applications and now for a long time. If you, uh, if you um, really paid attention to the interview, Captain Wardrobe brought up that uh, Nature magazine or that peer-reviewed study from Nature um, that was about controlling bacteria using nanotechnology and they were using gold 
that was 20 years ago. But you can see that they've been working on this at least for two decades. Uh, I think in, in the article he's got a reference to uh, the 1970s when they were putting um, sensors inside the brains of, of bulls. You can find this on the internet too where they use the bull and they can control whether the bull is able to go after the matador with the cape. Uh, and they can make the bull stop, and then they can make him charge, and they can make the bull stop. That was in the 1970s. So these guys have been working on this kind of technology, this, this technology of blending man or humankind organisms uh, with machines, and then being able to control their behavior for decades and decades, right? 50, 60 plus years. Um, and so... It should be no wonder that it's evolved to this place now. Um, I think it was probably about 10 years ago when they figured out they could use this substance, graphene oxide. Uh, and uh, Captain Wardrobe does have, you know, how graphene oxide is manufactured, where it comes from, how they make it uh, in the article. What it is, why it's such a good conductor, why, it, you know, it's replaced gold in terms of this function and how it works. Um, He's got all the stuff in the article, and you can just go and read it. And he's got links to all the peer-reviewed paper, papers, uh, and the science is all there. And so, you know, what I, the question that I have to ask is, why are these guys getting funding, and why is our entire civilization essentially handing a few people uh, somewhere, apparently, deep within DARPA and the military-industrial complex, the ability to just say, yeah, we're going to spend these billions of dollars that we're getting from various governments around the world on melding humankind with machines. They have something that he uh, points out to in the article as well, these super-soldier programs. Um, and they've been doing all this kind of work on these super soldiers to make them super strong, super smart, to be able to uh, control them, give them orders, do it all, just uh, voice-to-skull technologies. Um, a lot of this, uh, if you, you can find my interview with Alana Freeland, um, and, uh, and she gets into this, her recent book, uh, Geoengineering Transhumanism, where she talks about the, the meta- all the way down to the nanoscale. So the geoengineering and even the satellite space fence uh, that they're building now, Elon Musk, he's working on the satellites in space that could connect us all to his Neuralink through our brains. And this is all going to use the graphene oxide inside of our bodies to help manufacture these connections. I mean, it's just outrageous. They're literally building the Borg from Star Trek so we can all get plugged into this. Uh, they're spending billions and billions of dollars on this technology, and we're all just clueless about what's going on. I wanted to point out something I just wrote, uh, well, I wrote an article probably about a month ago now for my blog, The Populist Papers, that um, was called The Root of the Problem, and I brought up the fact that one of the biggest problems I think we're having as a civilization right now is that we've given up the, what I call the teleology of scientific development, the direction that we're going. Um, we've given it up to these classified programs, these deep state classified programs. We have no idea why uh, why are people developing this these technologies? Why are we why is our entire civilization being determined by a handful of actors hiding behind classified uh, status? We're not allowed to even know what they're working on. I mean, this stuff that, that Captain Wardrobe and I are talking about, 
this stuff is probably 10 years old, right? Or 20 years old. Like we don't know the level of technology that they've developed in the classified programs whatsoever. And it's often said these guys are 20, 30 years ahead of what they're telling the public. So it's pretty outrageous to think we have given as a species, as a culture, our, our the human evolution, our technological evolution over to these shadowy figures deep within a military-industrial complex. And what are they working on? Well, clearly, they're working on methodologies of control. <laughs> I mean, they want to be able to figure out how to plug us all into uh, a unibrain, I think, an artificial intelligence, and then we all just do what we're told. We don't get to make choices anymore. That's, that's old news. Uh, having individuals that make choices, you know. That's selfish, right? <laughs> selfish behavior to want to live free. Uh, I guess we'll all just be plugged into the uh, communal and collective Borg, and they'll be telling us that we're doing it for our communities. Uh, and so we'll selflessly be sacrificing ourselves into this outrageous system. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's just shocking to me, again, that we even have to have these kinds of conversations. They sound so crazy. Uh, I brought up, uh, I think in the introduction, I brought up uh, Dr. Robert Young. He has seen graphene oxide inside of the, uh, the vaccines, right? Um, he does a very he works with very powerful microscopes and he uses the the uh, photo spectrography to figure out what's in various substances with his with his micro with his uh, microscope and uh, I did do an interview with him where we discussed it and he shared his paper his research paper and and showed pictures of everything that he saw and how he came to his conclusions but if in fact they're already using graphene oxide. I've heard, I believe it was Dr. Richard Fleming who said uh, that they've used graphene oxide as adjuvants in the flu vaccines as well. So people are getting injected with this stuff. Now, this nanotechnology, what it's doing, how it works, uh, how affected you can be by various electromagnetic frequencies if you've been injected with this stuff. I mean, but it seems to me pretty clear that there's some kind of rollout going on utilizing this technology on a nanoscale. Uh, and then again, potentially connecting us, uh, as Ilana Freeland and others would posit, um, with the whole electromagnetic array that goes all the way out to the satellite systems up in space. Um, you know, essentially a worldwide full-spectrum dominance control of our individuality and a melding of humankind with this kind of machine consciousness. Uh, also, we spoke a little bit about the fact that this all kind of boils down to uh, literally this concept of immortality. Um, we, you know, the, the very wealthy, I think once you achieve a certain amount of power and wealth, there's just no more that you can attain. You've got the most cutting-edge technologies. You've got the biggest house in the world. You know, what are you going to do with your billions and, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars? Uh, and, of course, I think a lot of these guys with the lust for power, we've seen it throughout history, start searching for the, the secret to immortality, the fountain of youth. And as crazy as that is to the average person, I think if you're one of these mega billionaires, a member of one of these families that's been involved in colonizing the planet and, and uh, having this amount of power and control for generations, 
you start trying to figure out how you can conquer the problem of death. They want to live forever. And so they are looking into these technologies uh, where they can upload themselves into these machines, these robots, and then just keep uploading themselves and potentially melding the machines with you know, organics and organics with machines and back and forth until they can just come up with this godlike superhuman being that they can continually upload themselves into uh, for the rest of history, right? And they can live forever. Uh, this is the kind of delusion that I, I mean, right? It appears like our entire culture, the worldwide culture may have succumbed to where we're all literally working to feed this machine that's building this economic machine, you know, at least paying taxes into governments that are then spending billions of dollars on developing this kind of technology in these classified projects. Uh, and then uh, flipping it around on us and turning us into, into the Borg, right? And we have no say in the matter. There's no democracy going on here. We're not having conversations about where do we want to go into the future. We're just being clandestinely manipulated into accepting all of this garbage. We've accepted nuclear war, nuclear bombs. We've accepted, you know, where is this going to go? We're accepting 5G, next 6G. We're accepting getting these injections against our will. I mean, until people stand up and say, you know what, we're, we're individual, organic human beings, they're just going to keep pushing. So I hope this conversation uh, kind of woke, you know, woke some people up or at least opened a few eyes. It sounds so crazy. Like I said at the very beginning, we shouldn't even have, have to have these conversations. But again, I urge you all to do your own research, uh, look it up, and you'll find dozens of peer-reviewed peer reviewed papers, peer-reviewed studies uh, on exactly how graphene oxide can be used in these nanotechnology applications for all this stuff that we've been talking about. Um, and check out the Captain Wardrobe's paper. His, uh, the place to go to find out more, and I'll have the paper linked underneath, but you can find all of his stuff at www.declarepeace.uk backslash captain. Uh, and he's got 20 years worth of research there. He's been very prolific for a very long time. So, uh, And he's got music and poetry and other things. One of the reasons why I like uh, Captain Wardrobe so much is because he is as much an artist uh, as a researcher, as a historian, as a journalist. So um, he's got a lot of different angles that he approaches this stuff at. So I urge you again, check it out. www.declarepeace.uk uh, backslash captain. And uh, again, I'll have that in the show notes so you can check it out there. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. Um, next week, I'm going to be speaking with author and journalist Ian Davis. Um, I just read his book, A Dangerous Ideology, preparing for that. So we're going to be talking about like, what is conspiracy theory and what is mainstream narrative? What is cognitive dissonance? What is confirmation bias? Um, and who exactly are the people that are working on overcoming their, their confirmation bias? Is it those of us who are doing our own research and trying to apply critical thinking and understanding that we probably do have a confirmation bias? Or is it those people that are listening to the mainstream media? Um, we'll probably talk uh, a bit about current events in Ukraine and other things as well, just in relation to that, some of the concepts in his book. So as always, uh, sign up for the newsletter, subscribe for the feature-length versions of each episode. 
at www.theshiftnow.com. And um, I'm going to start having my articles up on the website for sure, but you can always just go to the Substack, uh, thepopulistpapers.substack.com. And I've been pretty consistent about writing an, an essay a week. Uh, my last couple essays have been on populism, writing a series that's kind of comparing and contrasting. First of all, that progressivism is not working, right, for the working class. I mean, look around. <laughs> and uh, that populism... Uh, is quite possibly a much better a much better political philosophy to unite the biggest number of people i mean right uh, unless you want to get assimilated into the borg apparently these are the conversations we're having to have right now um if you want to get a lot of people organized politically maybe populism is the way to go and i make some connections between getting tired of calling myself a conspiracy theorist, right? Um, and so I make some connections between what populism was in the 19th century, fighting against the centralization, central bank finance, basically, and saying, guess what? You know, since the 1920s and 30s, they've been suppressing all of that populist information, even though there have been quite a few populist historians that have uh, maintained the tradition, but that what we, call tradi uh, what we call conspiracy theory today, derogatorily, should actually be called populist revisionist history, uh, because I think that's what it is. So not to ramble on too long, you can check it all out at theshiftnow.com, and uh, I will be back with Ian Davis next week. We'll see you then. Take care.